lots to break down uh, last night. Things turned a lot more personal, a lot more uh, explosive in terms of the you know the relationship or now clearly lack thereof between Steven Crowder and many of the individuals at the Daily Wire. I understand the Daily Wire staff's inclination to lash out and defend themselves, and I 110% respect that. Um, I understand Steven Crowder's position. I have some things to say about leaking that phone call. Um, I have mixed feelings about it. Uh, I, I got to be honest with you. You know, as a guy who's had a lot of phone calls with Steven, now I'm like, mm, you know, so it's it's certainly the nuclear option. I think that's probably the best way I could put it. You know, we all kind of like it when like PV has hidden camera stuff revealed and things of that nature. Um, but things definitely got personal. And I have a second video later today where Kenneth Owens like directly attacks Steven Crowder's fans. I think it's a was a terrible look. For Daily Wire, also Google Candace Owens and social autopsy if you want to know why uh, I don't trust her at all. Um, but let's let's talk about what was released in a short because everybody else has already covered it. Everyone's you know everybody in the conservative space is, is it's a feeding frenzy, um, and it should be. I mean, this is big news. Stephen Crowder obviously fired the first salvo a couple days ago, Tuesday, I believe, right, and did not. Name the Daily Wire. I think that there was plenty of reasonable doubt for the Daily Wire to just stay silent. Now, do I think I could? No. So I'm giving advice that I probably wouldn't be able to take myself. But I'm just trying to be honest with you guys. You know, um, I'm petulant. Maybe not petulant, but impetuous. Certainly, um, I'm trying to be better about that. Be more professional. But, you know, I feel like if I, if I felt like I was personally attacked, my credibility was personally attacked, I'd want to clap back. Uh, a cool-headed, you know, like if they had come to me and asked, what should we do? I would say, just leave it be, right? And the reason I say that is because when they clap back, they clap back hard. Not just the Jeremy Boring video, which I think was in general fine. I thought it was very calculated. Uh, but they they went hard. I mean, Ben Shapiro was streaming about it today. Candace Owens went off on her show. Then she was on Timcast, blasting Tim or blasting Crowder, um, Matt Walsh, Jeremy Boring, uh, Brett Cooper, all these people um, firing salvos back. When you do that, you are now inviting a, a counterpunch, right? And that's exactly what happened late last night. Stephen Crowder released some audio of a phone call that he had recorded with Matt Walsh. And I want to talk about the, the phone call thing. And just, I'm interested, you know, what you all think in the comment section down below. You know, I think it's fair to say that I'm always going to, you know, in general back Steven Crowder because he's an individual up against a corporation. That doesn't mean I agree with everything he says, certainly, and everything he does. I don't feel great about leaking the phone call. Um, I have less of a problem recording it. So when you record a phone call, if you're having, if the, if the, if the, if the implication is that it's a business phone call, right? And you're going to discuss contractual reasons and contractual things. There are a lot of reasons why you might want to record that. I mean, you know, quite frankly, for your own, uh, you know, kind of sanity, maybe just to go back and, um, you know, listen, you know, take notes and, and listen to kind of where things are there, there. There's that reason why you might want to do it. Um, and then like, there's kind of the nuclear option where like, you know, hypothetically, let's say you had to go to court for something and, you know, you, there's an issue of kind of the legal, you know, what was said, what was offered, this kind of thing. That'd be another reason to record a call. So I don't think that there's no reason whatsoever to record a phone call, especially when you're talking about contracts. I've never done it in my life. I don't have these kind of conversations. I'm just a dude in my room with a webcam and a microphone. I'm not signing big contracts. I'm not, you know, I don't do any of that stuff. Um, if I believe that somebody might like go back on something they offered me, um, let's say I was working, you know, back in the private sector, 
I don't think I think there's anything morally wrong with recording that phone call. Um, and, and the, you know, the emotional response to it from daily wire, I don't love it either. Um, but you know, I'm conflicted. I think again, if you had that phone call, um, if you had that phone call recorded and you had to go to court, cool. You'd probably be glad you had it. So, you know, I'm not going to like clutch my pearls over that. Releasing it, you know, I I guess here's what I'll say, okay? Some people who are, um, you know, really, one thing that, you know, if you made it this far in the video, by the way, please leave a like on it. And if you haven't yet, hopefully I'll earn your subscription. Because, you know, I am going to try, you know, to be, yes, I lean towards Steven, but like, I'm going to try to be fair here and say that like, I'm not sure it had to be leaked. I, I'm I'm not sure. But I I think that Steven clearly felt that way. You know, like to me, leaking a phone call is like the nuclear option. Once you do that, I mean, there are implications of that for like even future doing business. You know, people that want to do business with Steven Crowder in the future are going to be like, is he recording every phone call I make? Is it whatever? You know, so, uh, you know, even as somebody who's obviously thinking about um, – you know, possibly working together on something. I was like, you know, n- normally I don't say anything on the phone that I like would worry about getting out there anyway. But I can't remember every little thing I've said. And um, you know, I think him releasing this video, um, you know, here's here's like just a little bit of the audio. Let me turn this audio on. Sorry, sorry. Good thing I noticed that while I'm recording. It's concerning position. No miscommunication. What I'm talking about is you're describing a model for everyone, a model for everyone, not just let's get get rid of me here. Everyone, if there's a penalty for being demonetized on YouTube because your business model requires that be a huge component of it, you need to change your business model or this movement cannot work, Jeremy. We, I can't imagine my show trying to come up and be beholden to YouTube advertiser guidelines, let, al- let alone, I mean, honestly, being beholden from a conservative entity with hard strikes, right, being removed, but let alone being advertiser friendly. We know how broad those guidelines are. They, they might as well just read, don't say anything offensive, and they change them at the drop drop of a hat. I'm not suggesting that the, that the uh, guidelines aren't terrible. I'm suggesting that if making money off of those platforms is part of how you're justifying the salary you're paying someone, then when or the fee you're, I keep saying salary, the fee you're paying someone, then when those go away, everybody loses money. You can't pay the same amount with less revenue. How about you create a different business model? Now, Jeremy Boring is not wrong here. He's right. If I agree to pay you $100,000 a year based on you earning $130,000 a year potentially or something like that, and you don't earn that, I lose money. There's, there's nothing wrong with what Jeremy Boring said there. But again, it ignores the subscription revenue that you can generate. That, you know, for example, that Steven is bringing with him, you know, 200,000, 100,000 people already, you know, signing up to Daily Wire Plus. That money stays whether or not he has a strike or whether or not he's advertiser friendly. People at Daily And by the way, the same thing goes for Brett Cooper or anyone else. And by the way, Brett Cooper's name is getting thrown around a lot. She's just like, a cog in the machine, you know, uh, you know, I, you know, she signs people up for daily wire plus cause she has paywall content. So if she were to take a strike or get demonetized again, the money that she generates to daily wire plus does not change. And this is a fundamental thing that daily wire continues to ignore. Daily wire. There can be no next me. If the people at the top with, with, you know, the financial resources, are, are doing the bidding. That's that's being the arm of big tech. What you just said is, well, we have to play ball with big tech if we want to make money. Well, I don't. Why don't you guys follow a model like I have and scale it? That's that's what I've been doing since 2014. You know that. I've been trying to make sure, which I thought we were all doing, that we can all flip the bird to Silicon Valley. This is saying we, we need him and you need to play ball. You know, I think... Again, this call, yeah, I mean, I have mixed feelings about it, you know. I think that it's it's important that, you know, look, it's out there. I'm going to discuss it. 
but I don't think anything Jeremy Boring really says here is that. It, I mean, it confirms what Crowder's kind of been saying, including him using language like the slave contract, but he also could have been saying that like tongue-in-cheek, you know? Talent, young talent, they don't get deals like that. You're right, benched talent, young talent. These are people like Brett Cooper. They don't get deals like this, he says. So they, get, they don't get deals they, that... They can be wage slaves for a little bit, come over and make a salary and grow their brand. That you then... Wage slave. He's Here he literally says wage slaves, but like, I'm sure they're paid well. You know, I'm sure they're paid well. And own. Well, I own parts of it. I don't own it. They can, when their contract's up, they can still go out and they'll still be famous. They can keep doing their show, so go do a show somewhere else. They'll be in a far, far, far better place. You help to make... They actually can't keep doing their show. That's the thing. Um, because, for example, the comment section with Brett Cooper, that's owned by Daily Wire. She can't just go do the comment. Now, she can go make YouTube videos and she could do a new show. And she will still retain the followers that she got from Daily Wire. No, not not long at this contract. This contract owns it in perpetuity even after the contract. You're paying a lease but getting ownership. That's what this contract is. On the content that we paid to produce, yes. That is pretty standard in big tech, which, again, I think that's what, you know, Stephen probably set out to expose. Um you know, the pushback has been massive. Um, you know, what's her name? Um, Candace Owens, I guess, was already scheduled to be on Timcast, but she had some very fiery things to say last night. Um, and, you know, I don't think, you know, Tim is in a difficult position here. I mean, he didn't ask her about social autopsy, which would have been interesting. But, you know, I, I think... Steven did not name names. Daily Wire did not need to out themselves. And now you have this huge mess. You have Ben Shapiro. Steven Crowder's latest video tragically proves that he knows nothing about business, contract negotiation, friendship, and decency. Um, some people do feel that way. You know, some people, some people feel that way. Lauren Chen. I've previously turned down an offer from Crowder. Uh, that is true. Uh, I previously turned down an offer from Daily Wire. I don't know. I didn't know about that. Um, but she also works for The Blaze. Lauren Chen has been basically, uh, you know, somebody who's always worked for someone else. Um, she did have her own YouTube channel, but not very long, you know. Matt Walsh, um, again, you know, s s lashing out. H here's what I can say. Jeremy Boring, I would play the part where we talked about our kids Christmas and him buying baby formula for his brother's children. But I wouldn't even know how to secretly record phone calls with my friends. I mean, it's sus, but you're also talking business. I don't really have an issue with that. There's also this thing. They, this was treated as like a huge big reveal that Steven Crowder had registered Stop Big Con back in December. And that this is all part of an evil plan for him. Maybe. I don't know. But what I can say is he certainly had already been dealing with the blaze, right? And he had already, I, I, you know, from what I understand, you know, at one moment when they talk about this, Candace Owens says, see, he took that website before he ever was even announcing he was leaving the blaze. And then Candace Owens also said, well, negotiations with the Daily Wire fell through back in October or November. So... You know, I don't. You know, I, I think that of course I'm going to default loyalty here to Steven, but I don't think anyone looks good anymore. Like I think Daily Wire may have been to may have been able to retain some level of the high ground before they completely like went ballistic today. You know, here's Ben Shapiro going after him. Um, Shapiro's show this morning, by the way, got just destroyed. Um, you know, just absolutely crushed. I actually want to pull it up quick. Because again, here you have, you know, Ben Shapiro saying he betrayed his friends. He wasn't friends with these people. You know what I mean? Like, they don't even live in the same state. I, as far as I know, they weren't, you know, they would do an occasional crossover. Um, But like... 
it's it's interesting. You know, I, I think the the important takeaway is if I can end this on like a conciliatory note, because I do I I do appreciate a lot of people's feedback. And a lot of people, you know, if you made it this far in the video, pe people think that I'm not going hard enough on Steven Crowder, and you might be right. I might just be too close to it. Um, for me, my loyalties lie with kind of the guy going against the corporation, but I don't, I don't love releasing that phone call. Um, I, I'm still going to help Steven Crowder, obviously, and I still ride with him. And I still don't have any issue with, you know, anybody in particular at Daily Wire. My problems with Daily Wire have always been, you know, <laughs> the same, regardless of their interactions with Steven Crowder. I think what both sides underestimated is the number of people that love both shows. And they're really alienating people. They're really making people feel crappy. And, um, you know, the mom and dad fighting thing really sucks. Um and now it's just, you know, if Daily Wire had not responded, no one would even be talking about this right now. I'm not saying they didn't have a right to. I'm just stating the obvious. No one would even be talking about it right now. Um, but now we had Candace Owens last night talking about it, which again, allegedly was already scheduled, okay? Crowder's doing the media circuit. He's going to be on TimCast Monday. And then I heard he's on that, um, was it Alex Beckman? Is that how his name? Um, Valuetainment. He's going to be on that show next week. This is not going away. And, um, you know, I think it will galvanize both sides. But what they're going to lose now is the crossover. And that's the real bummer. I, I really avoid trying to hire friends or family. Everyone was talking to Sydney about this yesterday. She works with family. I'm like, oh, God, that's just a recipe for disaster. And maybe they were as good of friends as they say. And maybe they should never have really tried to get into business together in the first place. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out. If there's any more calls released or any more bombshells, but it, it really is a bummer. And of course the left is having a field day with it. So that's never good either. As a bookend, I suppose we'll, find, we probably will get some more spicy clips on Monday when, and if Steven Crowder does in fact appear on um, Tim cast, I'm sure he'll have a lot to say that night. I think he's scheduled to go on another podcast too, but you know, I think I kind of hope I, I really had kind of hoped that maybe this would wrap up this week. I feel like we all kind of know what we need to know when people have, you know, unfortunately had been felt compelled to pick sides. I am, I am heartened though by a lot of the comments in the comment section down below of people saying like, eh, it's not a good look, but whatever. Like I still enjoy this person's content or that person's content. I think that's a, a very healthy way to look at it. There's also people that are like, I'm ride or die with Crowder now. That's probably good for him. And there's people who are strongly supporting daily wire as well. And that's good for them. I don't think there's really any clean kind of break on this, but one of the things that I thought was really unhelpful was um you know Candace Owens really get, getting personal um and appearing to me completely out of touch while simultaneously calling Steven Crowder out of touch uh it wasn't it wasn't a an awesome look i want to respond or cover a little bit from her podcast coverage of it and you know i do have some critiques there uh, i do have a, a small favor by the way i always post my videos to thequartering.com so they always get you know posted up here, usually within a few hours. But I'm asking people uh, this weekend, if you can, open a new window, go to thequartering.com, and in the upper right, there's a spot to sign up for my mailing list. I very rarely email. In fact, I haven't in months. Um, but I'm working on something pretty huge, and uh, I want to be able to reach you all and update you as that goes. Um, I'm not gonna like sell you stuff and and you know sell your emails, you know all that kind of stuff but you put your email in up here on the right, and then it'll say, wait, you must check your inbox to confirm your subscription. And then you just go to your email and you'll have an email from me that says, you know, the quartering, please confirm your subscription with a button to confirm. Uh, very, very hopeful that that uh, you'll do that. I'm gonna post something to my locals and my subscribers are too, to ask them to do it over this weekend too, just to kind of have one spot where I can actually get at everybody and talk to you. Um, you know, because I'm everywhere, right? YouTube, Rumble, Odyssey, BitChute, Telegrams, you know, like I just want to be able to email people. <laughs> so please do 
uh, if you can do that. Now, Candace Owens put out a three-minute clip yesterday from her podcast, um, and I want to address it because I thought, wow, this is not a good look for conservatives. I also want to address, you know, some of the issues, you know, that I have. I have taken some some kind of pot shots at Candace Owens, and um, you know, I feel like I at least owe it to you, my viewers, um, to kind of say why that is. People can change; they absolutely can. And um, you know, I think that it's very, very possible. Um, but you know, if if you can, you know, trust that, you know, I'm not always right, but I try to be honest about it. You know, if you take some time to look into this thing called social autopsy, which again was 2016, 2017. Okay. That's how long I've been doing this. I remember Candace when she was called red pill black. And before that she was called something else. And she was a leftist working with Zoe Quinn and others. Um, you know, you can see if you stumble across the Twitter account Social Coroner over the weekend, you might have immediately assumed it was being run by the type that sadly become familiar online, a hardline gamer gator. If you spend enough time on Twitter or Reddit, you run into these folks occasionally sitting in the far end of the observeness bell curve. These are the dudes uh, convinced that a cabal of feminists, social justice warriors, or SJWs are controlling everything from behind the scenes. <laughs> I mean, we know now that they are, but... Um, Two common sorts, you know, targets of this obsession, broadly speaking, uh, of course, Zoe Quinn and Randy Lee Harper. And indeed, they were exactly who Social Coroner went after. This was essentially like a doxing website. Social Autopsy launched a Kickstarter campaign. I wonder if it's still live. Wave goodbye to cyber bullies and trolls. If you notice who's in this picture, it's Candace Owens. This is a, you know, somewhere between cell phones and technology, the, you know, this is about, you know, doxing people. And this was a website that, you know, caused a lot of outrage. A lot of people were like, what in the heck? What, what you know? Here you go. Our founder Candace Owens has been selected to give a TED Talk on June fourth, twenty sixteen, about the perils of this era of technology and what we're all doing to combat it. The talk will be live on TED.com. Anybody can do a TED Talk, as far as I know. Um, but like you, you understand that, like if you look at her debate with Blair White about social autopsy, that wasn't that long ago. Okay. Um, so that's why I'm always cautious about her. I'm not saying she's not smart. I'm not saying she's not savvy. I'm not saying she doesn't say things that I agree with occasionally, but I've always been suspicious of her because of her work with social autopsy, essentially as a leftist. And then poof overnight, she's a right wing media star. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. You know, you know, I'll say that, um, but she put out this video, and again, that was 2016, but her defense of it remained, I think, in, not that long ago, just a few years ago, she was on Dave Rubin to talk about it. So this clip, uh, I think, is hilarious for a lot of reasons. First of all, on Tim Cass last night, Candace Owens uh, repeatedly referred to Steven Crowder as an actor. Um, I think that that's pretty rich. Uh, she impugned his character, called him a bad person, did all this None of it was like about the business deal of it, right? It was just personal. Um, Candace Owens gets personal when she gets, you know, she's very um, spicy and she's she'll she'll pop off and get personal with people and she holds grudges. I don't know if that's you know <laughs> it's a character flaw, but I'm not going to judge somebody for being emotional or whatever the case is, but. I thought this clip was not not great, especially since she essentially called Steven Crowder's viewers dumb. At the end of the day, I think what happened, and this is my completely my opinion, by the way, so I'm not blinking twice, I'm not under duress, is that Steven Crowder became a free agent and he's feeling a little vulnerable right now. Maybe that's true. 
right? He's used to working for other organizations. He has some guaranteed pay. And he thought that Daily Wire were actually going to meet him at $120 million. They didn't. They declined. And he's still feeling a little shaky on that. It's, it's scary to go out on your own. I thought about it. I thought about going, going out on my own. It's a lot of work. Maybe down the line I will. But it's a scary thing to go out, to step out on your own and say, I'm going to do this thing completely by myself. As Jeremy pointed out. This is all fine, right? This is all fine. Steve has not done that before, right? And so to do this, he pulled a move in which he was going to try to take a bunch of people that were subscribed to The Daily Wire and start his own company. That's a lie. Okay. At no point did Steven Crowder ever say, leave The Daily Wire and come sign my thing. Okay. So again, this is the stuff that Candace does all the time that people ignore because she she's right about a lot of things too. But like, that's just a lie. So essentially saying, I'm the hero, I'm the martyr, follow me because I'm not like those guys. And then he was going to start his own shop. And that's what he's trying to do. And some people fell for it and said, I'm with you to the end, I'm a mug club till I die. And didn't understand that really nothing happened here other than nobody wanted to pay Steven Crowder $120 million. Also not true. Again, I think the talking points went out at Daily Wire to just really focus on the money. Um, you know, he at no point complained about the actual money offered in the contract. So he turned to his viewers who he thinks are stupid, stupid enough at least not to understand how business negotiations work, right? Like this is like normal, you kick it back and forth, and they were gonna make up for his loss. So Again, she's she's saying she thinks his his viewers are stupid, is what, what she's really saying here. You know, the idea that because they didn't turn on him, right? So her, her implication is that, well, they must be stupid if they back Steven Crowder. People that are upset by his video, the million, millions of people who watched it, are now going to give him a dollar, whatever it, it costs to be in the mug club, and they're going to become the $120 million that he feels that he deserves. First of all, I'm just going to say this, unrelatable. Unrelatable. People are trying to pay for bacon and eggs right now at the grocery store, trying to buy a steak once a week. <laughs> That still, this still gets me. Girl, you've got a $500 haircut. You've got professional makeup on your face. You've got a probably $500 dress. You're sitting in a multi-hundred-thousand-dollar studio. <laughs> Unrelatable. Girl, stop. You have a whole production crew. Unrelatable. Also, People who are struggling are not buying steak once a week. I don't even buy steak once a week. It's expensive. Like, what do you mean? Like, th that's that that part is like one of the most ridiculous statements. Like, girl, look at you. Look in the mirror. You're in a you're a million dollar production studio, thousands of dollars in makeup and jewelry on, uh, <laughs> professional crew, and you're like. That's just not very relatable to Joe, uh, Joe Sixpack. And you're over here crying because somebody couldn't meet you at $120 million. And it is crying. I don't like it. It was a total bitch move. There are plenty of things. What? Huh? But if you're enjoying the coverage and you haven't yet, please do subscribe down below. Wherever you're watching, YouTube, Rumble, BitChute, Odyssey. I'm just glad that you're watching. But wherever you're watching, please do subscribe. It definitely matters. It helps a lot. Things that happen across all organizations in the conservative movement where I will say that I empathize and with Steven Crowder and saying that sometimes you feel like a cynic, which is like, is everybody selling out? Are people doing this, people doing that? There are a lot of things that Daily Wire has done that I disagree with. There's a lot of things that Turning Point has done that I disagree with. Uh, there are things perhaps that PragerU has done that I disagree with. I have worked with all of these companies. I think it's curious that you have worked with all of them. Why do you bounce around so much? Right. But to do a total bitch move and go out to the public rather than trying to resolve these things and these, and these slight differences behind the scenes. He wasn't interested in resolving the issues. He was interested in exposing what he felt was like a predatory contract that also young content creators also signed. That's his, what he has said about how he's motivated. Maybe you're right. Maybe it was all part of an evil plan. It's entirely possible. I don't know. Like, yeah, we talk, but I, you know, maybe he's playing me. And to make it seem like you're the hero and you're the true one, and you keep it authentic when something really nothing happened other than you didn't like an initial term sheet. And all you had to do was tell them that and tell them what you didn't like and go back and forth with lawyers. Like everybody. I think it's curious that the initial term sheet even had those things, though.
everybody else. I think it's crappy. I think it's. I, I think Steven is a, a little egocentric. He probably will do better on his own. I don't think he knows how to plan a team. And by the way, the last thing I'm going to say, because I'm going on Tim Pool tonight, so I'm going to say it anyways later, is that I'm pretty sure, wasn't it Steven Crowder who also screwed over somebody he used to work with? Was it not Gay Jared because he had him tied up in a contract? Now, this is also a clear talking point that was set out by Daily Wire because I saw several of their personalities bring this up or allude to it. I don't know anything about that situation. So um, I don't have any connection to him. If he did get screwed over by Steven, you know, he's welcome to reach out to me and I will, I would happily report on it. Um, but I also think, again, like, what's the point of that? And she offers no details. She just says, oh, you screwed him over because he signed an NDA. Well, he didn't have to sign the NDA, right? Aren't you also saying like, well, he didn't have to sign it. Well, Jared didn't have to sign that NDA either. Now, I don't know if he did or not. That would be interesting. I'd be happy to talk to him. Jared, reach out to me. Wasn't that Stephen Crowder who did that? So is he supposed to be the moral high bar? Are we not supposed to call him out for that? Here, here's the thing. Stephen, why don't you release not gay Jared from his NDA and allow him to talk about how he felt he was treated by you? Because I know that at The Blaze, everyone says that you're actually not that nice. You treat people poorly, but you bring in so much revenue that everybody just has to take it. So... Again, this is hearsay. I know half a dozen people that work for the Blaze and have never said that. Um, maybe they have. Maybe they told Candace, but not me. Um, he also doesn't work at the Blaze Studio. He doesn't interact with just about anybody at the Blaze. So I'm not sure how many people at the Blaze have worked with him. Now, maybe if there are Blaze people who come out now and say, like, "Well, actually, she's right. I really didn't like Stephen Crowder." Maybe that's true. But I, I mean, like, I know personally several people that work there and none of them have confirmed this. So is she making it up? Probably. Probably. Not a good look. I think Candace did a lot of damage to them, even though, you know, they had the, I think they were in a, in a strong position before she popped off. And then before she went on Timcast, I mean, the chat on Timcast was just roasting her nonstop for an hour. So I'm not sure that, uh, that uh, she did quite the damage control that she had hoped but i don't know it just doesn't come off as very good i'm i'm looking forward to a, a peep amicable end to this hopefully hopefully steven and them can just say like all right well let's just focus on our own thing clearly steven needs to just go out on his own he needs to focus on doing that and daily wire needs to just focus on doing what they did because you know they've done good work i, I don't want to say that they haven't Just hear me out for a second, okay? Certainly many people know that, you know, where my allegiances lie, uh, you know, in terms of the individual versus the corporation. But I think what's getting lost in that is I'm not doing a good enough job uh, still, um, you know, still respecting and giving appreciation for the amount of good work that Daily Wire has done. Now, there are individual decisions as a company that they've made that I do not like. Um, but I think that the work that they've done has still been very, very influential, very, very important. Uh, you know, at a time when conservative minded people, not just like hardcore conservative, just like even personal liberties people, everyone, you know, it's easy to forget, but, you know, they gave Gina Carano a, a budget for a movie, and she got to make a movie because of them. Uh, you know, Nick Searcy was in that movie, also a guy that's basically canceled in Hollywood. Uh, you have um, Cow Cowboy Cerrone, if that's his, that's his last name right. Um, then they had the, the sportscaster that was fired for refusing the jab that they hired. Um, I think that these are all very, very good things. And that even if, you know, I'm not loving the way that this is all shaking out now, I think it's important to be fair and, and try to be more balanced. And that's why I put this in like a separate video. Um, sure, certainly people might get angry about it. Like I'm still, you know, Team Crowder. I don't love him releasing that phone call. Um, but I think that what what's getting lost in all this is even if I don't like kind of the corporate nature of uh, Daily Wire. 
you know, my default is always to like defend my friends and defend people that I am friendly with. And sometimes that means I go, you know, I, I become too biased. And when you have this situation, you know, with uh, the Daily Wire, I think that, you know, it's easy to forget, you know, that the Daily Wire is taking that money from these monthly Daily Wire Plus subscriptions and uh, producing a lot of content. You know, I liked um, the Gina Carano movie. And you know what? They flew me out there to look at it or to be to meet Gina Carano in, in person. So, I mean, I think like without Daily Wire, I would never would have met her in person. Well, maybe eventually down the road, but I don't travel very often. Never been to Montana before. It was kind of a cool experience. Um, and, you know, also with the children's programming, right? Um, the, the, you know, the problem with so much of the content out there for kids is it's like indoctrinating, right? They've committed a large sum of money for content for parents, uh, to be able to trust isn't like, you know, teaching their kids that there's 76 genders. Um, I think what is a woman, uh, was pretty successful for them. It certainly was in terms of bringing new members to them based on the numbers, but also like that movie, that documentary became like a cultural phenomenon. Um, and it kind of, it almost broke into the mainstream. It started a lot of conversations. Um, you know, when you have like Joe Rogan talking about it, that's like kind of the next tier of the conservative bubble. So you have like the conservative bubble and then you have um, uh, like the Joe Rogan bubble and then you have normies. Uh, maybe you have YouTube also included in that. Like, But, you know, I think that, you know, do I like that Jordan Peterson tweeted out support for Steven, then deleted it? No. Um, do I like that kind of the cold calculating business aspects of Daily Wire? No. But they've done a lot of good things. And, you know, they're not paying me to say this. Uh, but, you know, I see I read your feedback, you know, and I see I think that there's a lot of people you know, who watch me that also watch a daily wire and they're like, bro, you're not being fair. Um, you know, you're, you're too slanted to one side. And I just think it's important to listen to your viewers and, you know, I still ride with Crowder. Okay. That's how, but like, I still enjoy content on daily where I don't like Candace Owens. I think she's a, a legitimate liar and grifter, but I mean, like, I don't have any issues with Brett Cooper or Matt Walsh. And Matt Walsh says things I disagree with. I'm sure I say things that he disagrees with. You know, Shapiro, you know, he's never really my cup of tea. But again, nothing personal against a guy. And I think he's done a lot of good work. You know, his, you know, campus debates uh, were like a viral sensation in 2016, 2017, 2018. And a lot of that stuff is why this channel, you know, kind of, um, spout, you know, grew up and spouted up, you know, in a lot of other channels, similar in the commentary space, you know, the Jordan, you know, Jordan Peterson to bring that up. Like, I don't like that. He deleted that tweet. They say they didn't tell him to delete that tweet. I suspect differently, but you know, it still doesn't erase all the good things that Jordan Peterson has done for young men seeking direction. I mean, young men had have had two kind of really popular role models in the in the sphere. And it's like, if I'm choosing between Jordan Peterson and Andrew Tate, I'd rather they listen to Jordan Peterson. Um, you know, again, even though there's kind of some cracks in his armor, I just think that, you know, it's important to uh to acknowledge that the Daily Wire has done some really you know important work um really you know really good stuff so i think you know i i still like you know i just i still don't like you know maybe the response uh really but i i do think that both sides of this certainly could handle it better i just think you know as an independent creator i feel an affinity to the independent creator um 
and but I understand why maybe some of these people at the Daily Wear are coming out and defending it. First of all, maybe they feel thankful for the opportunity. Second of all, you know, they also signed these contracts and they must be fine with it. So, you know, I, I don't I don't really hold any ill will. I think that, you know, the kind of the coordinate coordinated go hard clapback from them. Um I think what what that really says is clearly Steven Crowder struck a nerve with them. Um clearly. But, you know, I still support what the Daily Wire is doing with uh you know, children's content with movies, that superhero movie, the Hyperions was good. Um, Terror on the Prairie was good. Um, I think that there's any time there's like content out there that, you know, is like, okay, it's not going to be woke trash. It might not be the best movie I've ever seen in my life, but I, if, you know, as I'm getting older, it's like, I'd almost make that trade. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I, I understand. Um, it's like, oh, I just know this show's gonna. It's like, oh, do I want to start a new show and see all the same modern tropes that we always see in modern programming, like the perfectly diverse family unit and the the. Of course, it's got you know this X, Y, and Z representation, and it's got to have all this and that. And it's like they focus on that, and they don't have any time to make the show good. That happens so often. In modern cinema, there's been good movies that I've seen come out that are modern. I thought the Black Phone was really, really good. If you haven't seen that, I would, I would recommend you know watching that. Um, it's been out. It's probably out for rent now or streaming. But you know, I think that like while I side with Steven, I, I kind of wish that they weren't fighting. I do think it's valuable that the contracts you know are out there, and that it is concerning to see you know, the, the kind of the straight pass through of penalties to employees. But I understand where Daily Wire is coming from. I do. They're running a business. It's like a cold hearted mechanic, you know, me mechanical thing. But that's why they make $10 million a month on Daily Wire plus subscriptions. I understand why people want to defend Steven Crowder. But like, here's the reality. He's going to crush it on his own. He may be experiencing some level of uncertainty right now or whatever the case may be. I don't know. But, I, you know, he's going to crush it. He's going to, you know, the, the numbers, his revenue is going to be absolutely massive. Um, his mug clubbers, honestly, of all fan bases I've ever run into, maybe with the exception of K-pop, I have never seen more loyal fans. And so, you know, that's a true blessing. Uh, for Steven and many of them have come over here and been really kind to me too but you know I think that both of these companies or entities are part are, are forces for good uh, they just act in in different ways and so no this isn't me like quote unquote letting daily wear off the hook but I think it's me being honest and saying like look I've made four or five videos supporting Steven and you know while I don't agree with the way this stuff shook out between the two of them it doesn't erase all the good that Daily Wire's done. Whether or not you want to keep paying for their service and all that kind of stuff, that's up to the individual user. Um, you know, for me, I hope that they continue to, I hope that they deliver on everything that they said, the children's programming and all that stuff, because I think that they could do good work. Uh, and it's good that that stuff's out there. So, you know, I may not like the way they do business. They're very litigious. They're owned by a billionaire. But that doesn't mean what is a woman wasn't interesting, entertaining, and and culturally relevant. It doesn't mean that you know Ben Shapiro owning college kids isn't still funny to me. Uh, so yeah, I just thought I'd be transparent here uh, because that's just being honest. It would appear that Silicon Valley is collapsing with Google today having a massive uh, pay cut, chopping $12 billion amid a, quote, rich session, um, 12,000 jobs uh, cut. Certainly that will affect YouTube, I imagine, if there'll be another round of cuts there or, um, you know, this, this is just a barely the tip of the iceberg. You're talking about in just... You know, everyone tells you this is the best economy that it's ever been. Everything's so awesome. Well, 
Amazon laid off 18,000 people. Um, obviously, Google with 12,000, Meta with 11,000, Microsoft with 10,000, Salesforce, um, you know, 8,000, Hewlett Packard, 6,000, Twitter was 3,700. It's actually much bigger than that. Um, well, so here's the article. The tech wreck sweeping Silicon Valley has wiped out tens of thousands of jobs, paying a combined $12 billion annually, an analysis of recent cuts shows. Google parent, alpha, uh, Google parent company alpha, alpha, Alphabet on Friday became the latest tech giant to announce layoffs. I mean, this is when you're talking about you know twelve thousand roles, uh, you know, but twelve billion in pay. You're talking about massive, massive salaries. I mean, just the unfathomable salaries. You know, it's 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 hard to even you know twelve thousand jobs at twelve billion. You're talking about an average salary of a million dollars per employee. The recent wave of steep cuts has hit highly paid skilled workers the hardest as companies that soared during the lockdowns now slash costs to brace for an economic slowdown. Meanwhile, in a reverse, reversal of typical trends of a downturn, blue-collar workers remained in hot demand. Yeah, no kidding. Try getting any contract work done. Uh, leading some of the um, dub the layoffs sweeping skilled roles a rich session or a white-collar recession. At just the seventh largest tech firm, job cuts announced in recent months totaled nearly 70,000 jobs between Amazon, Alphabet, Meta, Microsoft, Salesforce, HP, and Twitter. And if you look at the median salary, <clears throat> what's interesting is the median salary at Amazon is quite low. It's hard to imagine. Like even the fa even the warehouse workers make pretty good money. My friend works at the warehouse. He's I think he makes like 26 bucks an hour. Um, so, you know, I'm not sure where, um, you know, why they get 29,000 made part-timers using the median salaries reported from these companies and regulatory filings, most of which from 2021 daily mail estimates that the combined annual salaries, of the job cuts are $11.95 billion. Wait, then why did my math, none of these salaries are anywhere near a million. If they, oh, I guess if they divided it by 70,000, not 12,000, that's probably how they did it. Okay. So that, that makes more sense. So yeah. Okay. So 12 billion, uh, divided by 70,000 is $171,000 average salary. Okay. That makes more sense. That's in line with this. <clears throat> that figure does not account for the fact that Amazon, which has a large logistics, logistics workforce and a median salary of just 29000 has primarily targeted higher-paying corporate roles in its announced cuts of 18,000 workers. It also does not include the many thousands of jobs that have been cut at, a smaller, tech at smaller tech companies that are not household names. Tech-driven firms cut more than 150,000 workers last year, according to a recently released analysis from layoffs.fyi which tracks firings in real time through information gleaned in media and company releases. <clears throat> However, for laid off tech workers, the news isn't all that bad as data shows most of them are landing new jobs relatively quickly after losing their jobs. Yeah, less pay almost certainly, right? All these like, you know, oh, this is my day at Facebook. I just have a wheatgrass thing and then I do that. Those days are gone. 40% previously, 40% of previously laid off tech workers found jobs in less than a month after they began searching ZipRecruiter found in a recent survey. Despite the widespread layoffs, hiring freezes, and cost cuttings taking place in tech, many tech workers are finding reemployment remarkably quickly, Julia Pollack, chief economist of ZipRecruiter, told the Wall Street Journal. They're still the most sought-after workers and the most in-demand skills, she argued. However, revising trends from the depths of the lockdowns, blue-collar workers are also in hot demand, and they've seen their wages rise at a faster pace those of the on those of the top earners. By the way, good for them. In November, wages for the bottom quarter of earners was up 7.4% from a year ago, outpacing inflation, while wages for the top quarter just rose, rose just 4.8%. Although top earners started off from obviously a much higher base, the trend illustrates the job market has shifted to favor 
low-income workers who remain sought after by employers. Well, I don't think these people are low-income anymore. Like, uh, to me, I mean, you're making 60 grand, 50, 60 grand um, to, to work in the, in the distribution centers. That's pretty good living. I know, like, overtime is not something that, like, you should, you know, always include. But, I mean, there's always endless overtime for them, too. So, you know, I have people who work in DCs, you know, that are making 70 or 80 grand a year after two years. I wouldn't call that low income. Um, manufacturing jobs increased by 57,000 a month, while retail trade vacancies rose by 37,000. Meanwhile, job openings dropped 75,000 in finance and insurance, one of the industry's hardest hit by higher borrowing costs and declined 15K in real estate. The technology, finance, and real estate sectors have all been hit hard by the Federal Reserve's rate hike. Well, of course. You know, I, I think that you have, you know, a lot of jobs uh, out there still. But a lot of Americans, at least, you know, they don't want them. They must be either, I, I don't understand it. Like, um, the, the price for, uh, the, the price for, all of this is is uh, for all of our basic goods. I mean, why do you think the stuff at the grocery store is so expensive? Everybody's getting paid enormous you know, amounts. And yeah, maybe you could argue that th that it's worth it. I don't want to say that, you know, the people that stock my grocery shelves don't deserve to earn a living, you know. But I mean, that's all part of it. You know, look at what an extra value meal from McDonald's costs these days. Or like one meal from like Culver's is like $12. I mean, that's... Even in my lifetime, I remember I remember when extra value meals were two ninety nine. The very same quarter pounder with cheese was two ninety nine during my life. Um, now it's like six, seven, eight bucks. Um, and it's the same quarter pounder, you know. In recent months, a slew of tech companies have announced cost cutting measures with Amazon, Apple, Google Parent, Alphabet all announcing hiring slowdowns or freezes. For the tech sector, the pandemic boom turned a post it turned to a post lockdown bust as rising interest rates batter share prices and inflation cuts cuts in the profits. I thought it was only happening to Tesla. You have Meta, Facebook parent said November will cut 13% of its workforce, more than 11,000 workers, and one of the biggest layoffs in tech history as it grapples with weak advertising market and mounting costs. Well, and also you have a CEO, Mark Zuckerberg, who's like totally obsessed with the metaverse and is sink, like single-handedly sinking your customer or your company. Twitter laying off 3,700 people. The cutbacks affect, affected roughly 3,700 employees who learned their fate by email. Well, I feel like the number was more than that because they had all those contract workers that they cut too, but maybe they weren't here in the United States. I don't know. You know, Salesforce in January, cloud-based software company announced it will lay off 10% or 8,000 workers. CEO Mark Binoff cited a rough period for the tech sector as well as overhiring during the lockdown. All these companies thought, like, look at Disney Plus, right? All these companies thought the lockdown money was going to last forever. There's a lot of YouTubers that that did that too. Um, you know, things are, you know, I can tell you YouTube earnings are down significantly, um, at least for me, you know, in terms of the view for view earnings. Uh, and you see more people having to turn to ads. Intel themselves you know, told Reuters that people's actions will be part of cost reduction. People actions, which is a, a corporate word for layoffs, will be part of cost reduction plan. And Chipmaker recently said it would reduce costs by $3 billion in 2023, then ramping that up to $10 billion in 2025. That, those are major lay, layoffs coming up. Your biggest expense in most of these businesses is the workforce. Microsoft with 10000 You know, these companies are going to continue to lay off more workers, too. Lyft. 13% of their workforce. Who uses Lyft? I guess if you live in the city, it's a different option. I th every driver I ever see, every Uber driver I ever see, does all, all of them. Uber, Lyft, and what's the other one? Um, you, know, I, you know, obviously like Apple too. Uh, you're talking about, you know, how many freaking iPads are people going to buy for $800? How many iPads, how many new iPads do you need? So it's, it's, uh, I think it's going to get worse in 2023, a lot worse for a lot of these bloated tech companies that were just wasting money over the past five years. Look at Ubisoft too. They're, they're, they're cutting employees too, video game industry. It's everywhere in tech. 
And uh, it's because that, you know, they got too fat and they pissed away their money and, and they didn't run lean, which is how they got there in the first place. And now they're cutting everybody. So, you know, it's, it's not surprising to me at all. And I guess, you know, you tell me about Google or Facebook struggling, I'm not really going to care that much. The individuals that get laid off, that sucks. But as for, you know, caring about the company, I couldn't care less. Well, new boss, same as the old boss, apparently. Uh, Twitter still has many, many, many uh, rules on it that are easily um, exploited to deplatform people that uh, some people don't like. We saw this kind of originally and most famously with the Babylon Bee uh, tweeting a joke. Uh, I think it was like a man of the year joke or something about a trans individual or something, if I remember correctly. Twitter locked their account, and ultimately, it led to, I think, Elon buying Twitter. Or it was at least one of the contributing factors, because it was Babylon B, and he liked Babylon B, and you know he seemed to get involved in that. Now, uh, yesterday, I was made aware of another content creator, Brittany Venti, who was banned for posting a very public picture um, of a public individual from a public music video that was produced by world star hip hop that is live on YouTube right now. Again, a public photo of a public figure uh, from a video that is publicly available, right? None of these things would indicate that they were a, you know, it was some sort of private intimate photo. And Britney was banned for rule one, violating Twitter's rules against posting or sharing, quote, privately produced. That might mean like an OF photo behind a paywall or something like that. Slash distributed intimate media, maybe like a bedroom photo or something like that, or whatever the case may be. Of course, this photo does not meet either one of those standards, given it is a literally in a fully monetized public YouTube video of a existing public figure. Uh, and it, it, what's interesting to me is um, that this person has gone on to talk about how they're just a massive, um, just a massive free speech advocate. Huge, just, ma just huge free speech advocate. Every, you know, in fact, tweeting, quote, I want to be crystal clear. I'll die on the hill of free speech. The government cannot remove it. The WEF cannot remove it. Free speech is an inalienable human right with or without both the government and the WEF. They tweeted this on January 20th. Now you might be wondering, you know, what this individual you know might look like. I mean, I have a recent photo here. Um, and he, you know, here is a recent photo. Now this individual has appeared on Tim cast IRL and has and has recently kind of grown to fame being like the bosom buddy of Elon Musk, which is extremely concerning to me. So in solidarity with a fellow content creator, you may or may not like Brittany Venti. It's not really about that. It's about riding with your fellow content creators. I decided that I would also post a picture from a publicly available YouTube video in solidarity because, well, this is wrong. Thinking, well, this person wouldn't be foolish enough, not going to be foolish enough to, to strike my account. I mean, this would be like the one of the worst Streisand effects in history. And they did. I also have been locked out of my account and I am not deleting the tweet. So if this means I can never use Twitter again, fine. Like th this isn't this, I'm not allowing somebody to uh, abuse the rules like this. This is why it's so important to me, by the way, that I, people join my mailing list. I have 220,000 people on Twitter that now I can't get a hold of. You know, I've got 1.4 million people on YouTube. Probably a hundred thousand kind of like loyal longtime viewers. My email list is only at like ten thousand. 
I really, really, really need, this is a perfect example. So please open a new window, go to thequartering.com right now while I give you all the juicy details of this. Upper right-hand corner, put your email address in. It's gonna say, hey, you've entered your email address, now you have to go check your email. Then you just go check your email and you'll have an email from me almost immediately saying, please confirm your subscription and then click yes, subscribe me to this list. Because now I can't, there's 220,000 people that follow me on Twitter that I cannot answer now. And I want to be able to actually stand up against these type of things. But if I lose my platform doing so, I need to be able to reach you. So please, this is important. Join my email list today. It's the only thing that I feel like I can have so that I can reach you. It's very, very important that I get that list to 50 or 100,000. Everybody open a new window and join. Now, I mean, if you value my content, if you want to be able to, you know, if somebody takes my platform away, be able to hear from me. So I also got violating the rules against posting or sharing me. What was the media I shared? I'll show you right now. A publicly available YouTube video. Okay. Publicly available and currently live on the internet. A music video published sitting, I guess, the artist is Q-Tip. I don't know. I've, I guess I've heard that name before. A video filmed by video. So again, posted by World Star. A lot of the comments in here also pointing out. Look, I don't care that she did some video vixen video. I don't care that she's got her whole cakes hanging out. I don't care about that stuff. I I don't. Even, I'm even unfamiliar with the past. You know, she also has. She's gone by four different names. Did you know that? You may know her as Eliza Blue, but she's also gone by um, Eliza Cuts, um, several other names. Her father is a politician. You know, this is all stuff that I didn't want to talk about, didn't have to talk about. But if you're gonna, if you're gonna, you know, take advantage of the YouTube copyright system, and you can see here, here's Brittany's and video. Same thing, your account has been locked, posting or sharing privately produced images. It is not a privately produced image. It is a public video, a music video of this individual. If you have a problem with this music video existing, Eliza Blue, okay, uh, why don't you go ahead and strike that video down? You know, why don't you go take that on? Because now people are digging into her past and her relationship with, um, coincidentally, the band My Chemical Romance. Um, some of the other photos that are out there and interesting behavior, videos of her saying the N-word when she was young. All this stuff now is coming out. I don't care about any of it, by the way. I don't care that she was in some video. I don't care. I don't think that that discredits her work with, uh, you know, fighting against trafficking. Her, her story, I'm unfamiliar with the story. Allegedly, she was trafficked at some point. I don't even really know what that word means anymore because it seems like it's applied to just about everything. Um, but then she wrote, okay, again, January 20th. Again, I'll die on the hill of free speech. January 21st, 1st. A non-consensual photo was posted of me yesterday on Twitter. Again, I don't need your consent to post a photo that is publicly available. The photos have been removed. The source of the photo has also been contacted, and I'm preparing to escalate to the full extent of the law. What law is being broke here, Eliza? And this is somebody that I've always been friendly with. I don't even understand how you would like have the this little understanding of of what is against the law and then she literally threatens to sue twitter did an outstanding job and they will be excluded from legal action there won't be anyone else involved spared i take things all the way and i have no chill i'm a survivor advocate and it doesn't stop with advocating for myself as a survivor i encourage my enemies to study the law I have been for many years. It might stop you from making rookie mistakes. Most people replying, it was a screenshot from a public YouTube music video that you did for Worldstar and posted back six years ago. 
I mean, well, allow me to share some of Eliza's other names she may go under. Eliza Blue. Eliza Cuts. Eliza Knows. But her father is actually a Republican politician in the 71st District. And also does not have that last name. Has a, a different last name. Okay? Again, don't care about any of that crap. Don't and I support her work again, you know, to fight against trafficking. But when you're talking about, you know, threatening to sue me for posting a publicly available photograph, uh, I just I don't like bullies, and I'm very concerned by the close relationship Eliza has with Elon Musk and the and the quickness in which people are being banned from this platform simply for posting photos that again are publicly available on a YouTube video that is live right now. There's also thousands of spicy photos of this individual all over Google images. Okay. It's not illegal to post publicly available photos of a public figure. Eliza blue had absolutely zero legal ground to falsely strike my account. I have appealed it, but I will not remove it. You know, maybe, you know, the the uh you know it's a mass flag they get a bunch of people to flag stuff they know how to work the system okay i'll give twitter a chance to correct this but i'm not deleting this photo and if that means i can never get into my twitter account again so be it that's why i want you to join my email list because it's the only thing i can count on this is extraordinarily disappointing from somebody very close to elon musk i don't want to cast blame on him um but you know, he seems to really pick the wrong people to, you know, between her and Ian Miles Chong, he really attracts a lot of grifters. Uh, and, I, you know, people are saying stuff about Eliza Blue and her history. I don't care about that. I care about you deplatforming people because people are posting publicly available photos and abusing, you know, uh, vague Twitter rules. And so now you get a video. Because now you've threatened to sue. You've threatened to sue me. And people say, people won't make it this far in the video. Why don't you talk to them privately? I did. I DM'd her immediately. And she didn't like the fact that I publicly backed Brittany Venti before asking her permission. She literally told me that I was supposed to ask her permission. I'm dead serious. Of course I could share the DMs, but I won't right now. I don't need to because I know I have your trust. She asked me, she said... That Brittany Venti and I were supposed to ask her permission to post a vi of image that was publicly available on a, on a monetized YouTube video right now. If you have a problem with this music video existing, Eliza, I suggest you take it up with them. Okay? This is a public record of a public person. What you're doing is you are now costing me money, Eliza. So if you decide that you would like to see me in court... I assure you, you are costing me potentially tens of thousands of dollars a day in marketing by locking my account. It just seems like it's going to be a very expensive lawsuit for you, my friend. Please, uh, before you leave, open a new window, thequartering.com. Join my newsletter. I'll keep you posted on the pending lawsuit.